The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Signing day 2024, hour two with Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager. We'll check in shortly here with Mike Schaefer from 20. 20- for seven sports we'll hear from shake get his take uh chubb pretty news as being reported by arizona 360 sounds like chubba is on the move brian checks in on the stream can always watch the show hail varsity youtube channel hail varsity radio twitter feed at h varsity radio uh brian says this i'm now convinced that if matt rule was a member of the delta tau chi fraternity he would have uh, been president by his third year. No horses would have been harmed or died. Uh, he would have been. Uh, it would have been the top frat GPA, and uh, you know what? The movie wouldn't have happened like it did. So uh, everything uh, that Rule has touched has turned to gold. This signing class, we welcome in with twenty four seven Sports Mike Schaefer at Mike J Schaefer on Twitter. Schaefer, uh, take a deep breath, man. Signing day is done. How are you? I, I don't know. Do I do a Bill Belichick thing here where it's just like we're on to 25? <laughs> we're on to 25. You've got to grunt. We're on a, to 25. you got to grunt a little more to be, to be, to be Belichickian. But um, yeah, no. I, well, I'd like to hear Bill Belichick say 2-5 crew, though. That seems to be the hashtag for the next one. 2-5 crew just for some reason sounds like it'd be funny coming out of Belichick's mouth. Uh, it would be hard to imagine him uh, going down that. Can you imagine an in-home visit with Bill Belichick, by the way? <laughs> like he's he's just he's supposed to sell someone from the transfer portal to come play quarterback for him. Like I you know. He would he would also add an add a, a Y to the end of your name. Mikey, Chrissy. Uh I don't Is know how we do it. well, I mean he called Tim Tebow Timmy for for years well timmy i'd really uh rather you not do this multi-million dollar endorsement deal you may not make the team timmy so uh let's talk real quick chubba purdy before we get into your your, your thoughts on the class shafe you have got a report out from arizona 360 and this is from brad says matt uh that says uh, chubba has decided to enter, enter the transfer portal this has been retweeted by mom dad and sister uh, not really that surprising if Chubba moves on, given the state of the quarterback room. Although, Rule pretty uh, emphatic today that he wanted the guys that helped uh, this season uh, get navigated uh, have a shot to win the job. And if, if they're going to have to uh, compete, it was guys below them in class. What do you think about Purdy being a grad transfer here, graduating in December, and, and potentially moving on? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because I would view it as a potential good fit for both sides for him to just sort of stay, play out the string. Uh, and the reason I feel that way, I don't think Chubba Purdy is going to go be a power five starter somewhere else. Like, so it, it, to me, if it's if he wants to play at this level, he's going to be a backup quarterback. If he wants to get as many snaps as he can get, he's going to the FCS or, or group of five. I mean, I, I think his upside is that as being a competent backup quarterback that you can bring in at a moment's notice and 
he can kind of run around and do some things, but I don't think he's ever going to be a game manager. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you can install for, for eight games and can get you through the season. I think that we got the best version of what he could be at times uh, in that Wisconsin game and in that Iowa game. And it's still flawed. Like I, and that's, that's not to say that he, you know, needs to leave or that he has to pursue other opportunities. It's just that I think his ceiling is pretty limited, uh, but I think his floor is still pretty high. And so because of that, I, I like the idea of him as a, as a potential backup quarterback for, for Dylan Raiola. I mean, I, I, I am not treating this and Matt rule might want to, he might want to tell us all the time that this is an open quarterback competition. I, Mike Schaefer, am not treating it as such. Mm-hmm. Dylan Raiola didn't come to Nebraska to sit behind Chubba Purdy or Heinrich Harper. Matt Rule didn't talk about the San Francisco 49ers offense today, and, and that's what they want it to look like. It never looked like that when Heinrich Harburg was the starting quarterback this year. So that's not, that's not a real thing that's going to happen. I mean, I know the last name's Purdy, but there's really no similarities between Brock and Chubba as quarterbacks either. So to me, I mean, it's it's very much Dylan Raiola's job. It's can Nebraska find someone to help push him and can Nebraska find someone that can be a competent backup should they need it. And I think they have that guy in Chubba and I think they would like to try to keep him if they can. Uh, but I could also understand why he wants to go find an, an alternative where he could play more, but I just don't think that's going to happen at the power five level. So if you're Nebraska, I think the argument for it is, hey, we've got a good situation for you here. You tell him that he's competing for the job. But more than likely, you know, I think everyone knows that it would be as the, as a backup. And if he's not comfortable with that, then he's going to have to move on. And Nebraska is going to have to try to find someone in the portal. I mean, the, the difficulty of navigating the the Dylan Raiola thing, on one hand, you're getting a five-star quarterback and, and a number, you know, the number one quarterback on 24-7 sports rankings right now. On the other it's not particularly easy to convince older players to come in and compete against this when he's already the most popular recruit and most popular player on the team. Like this is, you know, this isn't an easy scenario. And I think Matt rule is really going to have to work uh, to, to try to sell that there's a competition and to, to try to bring in someone that would compete in that scenario as well. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. Like Nebraska really needs to have a veteran quarterback in that room, um, you know, opposite of, of Dylan and Danny Kalen and, and Heinrich Harbour. I that, think trouble would be a good fit there. Is that veteran maybe Casey Thompson? Uh, you know, there's there's been conversation of it, but based on what you know, we've heard lately, I don't think that's, that's likely to happen. I think that might have been an alternative, um, but I don't know that that's the route that things are going to go uh, at this point in time. And I don't. I don't know that they necessarily needed to, but that would be more along the lines of someone that I think, you know, like Chubba isn't going to take the job away, but could give you a competent backup. Now, the problem with Casey is he's not going to play this spring. So I don't see a lot of value in bringing him in as someone that's competing for, for a role because he can't, he can't practice. So it's, you know, and it also doesn't have, like there's other guys out there that they could certainly go to, but the reason that you like Chubba is he's already in your system. Mm. He already knows these players. And so I think they're certainly going to try to, to keep him. Uh, it's just going to come down to what he ultimately wants out of his college football experience. Mike, what is your, your comfort level with Dylan Ryle, a true freshman starting quarterback? That hasn't been traditional in college football, but it's kind of been the way of the world, both in the NFL and in college recently, that these high-level guys are given a shot early. What's your comfort level with him being not only a starter, but a presumptive starter if there isn't competition that's brought in? Yeah, I mean, I'm not uh... – 
I'm not super comfortable with it because it's a big year. They need to win games. You know, they let 2023 get by without getting to a bowl game, failing essentially at five and seven. Uh, and I don't, I don't personally believe that they're going to deserve to get a pass for if they struggle in 2024, if you're starting a true freshman quarterback, because you also sort of line this up as well. So that doesn't mean like I'm, I'm holding anyone's feet to the fire. What I'm just trying to say is that there's a big opportunity and a runway for them early in the season to put some wins together. But you also know if a young guy, you're going to have some growing pains. And so they're going to have to be able to work through that. And I think one of the ways that they can is you try to build your roster out as much as you you possibly can. He's going to have a veteran offensive line for the most part, but he doesn't have, I think, particularly great skill position players around him. So, you know, you're asking a lot of a true freshman quarterback where you don't have, you know, your next most experienced wide receiver is, is uh, I guess, Alex Bullock or Malachi Coleman or Jalen Lloyd. Like that's, that's not a, a great picture for a true freshman starting quarterback. I mean, when you think of guys who have had a lot of success doing this, it's usually because they're surrounded by a bunch of talent. And asking him to have to be the son is exactly how Nebraska got into problems in 2018, the last time they had a true freshman starting quarterback in Adrian Martinez. So I think Nebraska still has to work the portal. I think they have to try to find some veterans that they can add on offense. Uh, but yeah, my, my comfort level isn't particularly high with it, but that doesn't matter. I mean, we, we know where this is headed. And so it's, can they put enough around uh, Dylan that you can manage through those growing pains? And I think they can. Like, I don't want this to come off as, as pessimistic. It's a huge day for Nebraska. It's a great day. They have a five-star quarterback in the fold. But the reality is he has never played a snap of college football, and he is going to get the keys to the kingdom. And uh, you have to hope that it goes well, and you have to give him the best chance to be successful early on. It's Mike Schaefer with his 24-7 sports at Mike J. Schaefer on Twitter. Schaefer, overall impression of this class, 26 total, a handful more of, of talented walk-ons. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a uh, an exciting group. There's a lot of interesting parts of this class. I thought last year in 2023 in that cycle, they did a great job rebuilding their defensive line, and we saw that play out with guys like Cameron Lenhart and Riley Van Poppel and Prince Will and and Sua Lafotu, and and we'll see it with Vincent Carroll Jackson this spring. And, you know, they did similar with the offensive line this year. I, I really feel like that, you know, beyond beyond Dylan, the other part of this class that I think really stands out, they took six offensive linemen when you add in Alexander Ruggiroli, who's on an NIL scholarship. Uh, and they have guys in Grant Bricks and Preston Talmua uh, that are really talented linemen uh, as well. And then they have some developmental types in Jake Peters and Landon Davidson uh, that could be – pretty good and then they have a guy in Gibson Pyle that nobody talks about that you know got invited and is going to go play in the All-American Bowl and I think he's probably one of the more underrated pieces of this class so I I really like what they did in the trenches and that extends over to the tight end position too where they yes they got Carter Nelson and he is a absolute freak athlete but is going to need some time to to learn uh first learn 11-man football and just continue to sort of grow and grow into an actual position, whereas he played a lot of different things for Ainsworth. Uh, but what I did like is they also added Ian Flint and Eric Ingerson, two blocking tight ends, an area where they really were weak this year. They didn't seal the edge very well. It felt like, you know, Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkircher sort of struggled at times. That's why we saw a lot of Luke Lindenmeyer. He was in there to help block. And I, I think guys like Eric Ingerson and Ian Flint are more known for their ability to move people than they are necessarily to go be pass catchers in space. And so I think it's good uh, to add that power component to your tight end room and to, to really sort of try to build that up as well. 
It's Mike Schaefer with us here talking recruiting our signing day special. And Mikey, you mentioned Gibson Pyle is an under-the-radar guy. Any other under-the-radar guys in this class that you think might surprise Husker fans earlier rather than later in their Husker career? Yeah, I mean, one of the guys that I really like in this class is just down the road in Omaha and Donovan Jones. I feel like we probably don't talk enough about him when we talk about the Metro guys. It's usually a lot of conversations about the Bell West guys or Caleb Benning. Uh, but Donovan Jones is really good for Omaha North. And he showed up at a Friday Night Lights camp. Uh, there was a little advance notice from Steve Warren to the Nebraska staff, like, hey, put some eyes on this guy. But I don't think that they thought that he was going to wow them the way that he did with his athleticism. And then he just went and had a monster senior year. And he had a really similar year to to Caleb Bennett. And, you know, some of it is Omaha, Omaha North didn't go as far in the playoffs. And I don't know that people are as familiar with him. But he's a really instinctive, bigger safety that had no problem coming down, laying the wood, liked to play in coverage, can pick off passes, played wide receiver, dynamic athlete. He's big and strong. I think he's a, a, a eventual replacement for Isaac Gifford in that rover role in this Tony White defense. And I, I just think he's one of these guys that people are going to see the name. They're not going to think a lot about. And then in a couple years, it's going to be, oh, Donovan Jones. Wow, look at that play. I, I, I legitimately think he is big arrow up in this class. Mike Schaefer is with us. Schaefer, it's always fun to, to chat with you. It's great to have you back on with us and appreciate you giving us time to do so as we wind down uh, a thought here on just the the overall development phase of the rule program when you couple that with some of that natural god-given talent yeah i mean you've you've they want to be builders like they want to build this thing through the high school class and i love to see that today i mean they only have one transfer portal edition in this class and it's a guy who's only going to be a sophomore so he's going to have three years with you. And they. this is how I think Nebraska is, if, if and when Nebraska returns to its place in college football landscape, it is going to be because they built it this way. I don't think there's quick fixes. I don't believe in the Deion Sanders style. I don't think Matt Rule ever believed in that style. And so they're going to find the players that they feel like fit their culture, fit their rooms, and build them from within. And I trust them to be able to do that. I really liked what we saw defensively last year. I think the offense will make a jump this year as well uh, with, with a little bit more consistency from the quarterback position. Uh, and even though uh, Dylan Raiola is a true freshman, I think that he can open up different avenues of that offense that will allow guys like Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd to flourish. So I, I think Nebraska is well on the path of being a team that builds from within. And I think they have a lot of really interesting pieces. There's some guys that we have not ever talked about uh, because they've redshirted or they haven't had their opportunity, that they're going to have a chance for a big spring. And uh, I think there's going to be some new and different names for us to to banter about in the, the dog days of March. You having a banquet beer tonight before the Nebraska game? I am game? going to the basketball game where they, for whatever reason, did not accept my email that they needed to start selling banquets there, particularly over by Section 112 where I'm at. Uh, but, you know, I'll keep sending an email to Trev and we'll see if eventually he uh, – he, he acquiesces. Who, who can have more banquets in a night? You or Rip from uh, Yellowstone? Uh, well, I would not pit me against Rip in pretty much any uh, <laughs> any scenario. I don't, I don't like my chances there. But uh, I think Johnny Lawrence would take both of us under the table. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with him. I, those are the two guys that, you know, I, I would like to include myself in this category. But those are really the, the, the guys that have helped make Coors uh, – very trendy as of late. I love it. I, I just happen to be along for the ride. No, you keep on riding. Shave awesome coverage and work per usual. We'll do this again sooner than, than later. Thanks for making time tonight. 
Yeah, Schmitty, this was great. First time we've been able to do this in, uh, I don't know, like five years or so. Something like that, Six yeah. The, uh, it's, it's been a while. Pretty much since yeah. I joined the show. Yeah. So. No, it, trust me, it went before you, too. Like, it's uh, it's, it's definitely been a while. So it's, it's been great to get back here on uh, on 1480 and, and join you guys. Appreciate you, Shafe. Take care, brother. Thanks again. There he is, Mike Schaefer, at Mike J. Schaefer on Twitter. More Siding Day 2024 continues. Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager.